Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Stalking Time for the Moon Boys with me, David Baddiel. And me... Tim Hinks. That's the best we've ever yeah, done. Yeah, that was good, right? <laughs> I had to hit you yeah, to get you to do it because you were shoulder. texting. Yeah. But nonetheless, yeah. I think that's the smoothest we've ever done. Yeah. And yeah, we're still with, with John O'Farrell. Still, we, he, welcome back. Welcome back. A long, long week it's been. This is a constant gag, of course. <laughs> no, I mean, we like we, to do, we, pretend we've been here for a week. And then there's a sort of joke about we've been sitting in the shed Sometimes here we talk about Sometimes we do that. Doing nothing, staring Sometimes at each other. Sometimes we pretend that we've gone away for a week or whatever. But no, we're just still here with John O'Farrell. But it's a week later you're listening to this. Tell them who I am, David, because they won't know. Uh, they will, because we've got a dedicated, very small core of <laughs> okay. listeners. But yes, John O'Farrell, the writer, the uh, comedy writer, the novelist, and most recently, actually, I don't know if I mentioned this, did I, in the last one, he wrote uh, the book of a Broadway musical. Indeed. Something Rotten, and you're yes. writing another one now. Right. Am I allowed to mention that? You can, we're doing Mrs Doubtfire. Yeah. Well, Mrs Doubtfire, the musical, amazing. yeah. It's going to be on Broadway uh, this time next year, I hope. That's absolutely brilliant, oh. actually. I'm very much looking forward to it. I saw Something Rotten on Broadway. It's very, very good. Thank you, David. I, um read the Joe Orton diaries and yeah, one of the things I've always remembered apart from lots of sexual activity is that when Lute was in the West End and mm-hmm. you maybe both you've done this sort of thing he would get the number 19 bus from Islington oh, yeah. and just sort of go down to the theatre and see it and then oh, sort yeah. of go back home. I know, it's great. And do you do, have you I did done, that in Broadway. Done that with your, yeah. yeah, I did I that in Broadway. I'd go on, for dinner with friends and then mm. think, oh, it'll just be coming up to the big number of Act 2. I'll just go and stand at the back of the theatre. We used to get a standing Lovely. ovation sometimes and I'd mm. just go and see that number and see mm. the standing ovation for that song and think, mm. this is living. Yeah, this well, is so nice. I had my own show in the West End. That's why I asked. So did you go to that? I did go to that. I did turn up to that. But also I did occasionally... I didn't make a special journey, mm. but it was when I was at the Vaudeville Theatre, particularly because that's on the Strand. I would think, oh, I, I might just, you know, definitely walk past mm. that big placard mm. with me on it. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, no, that's well, a I mean, thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I because I've not done it that. Do occasionally go into the back of other people's musicals and sta- stand there just, right. just, just, to, just to see what that feels exactly. like. But to be honest, it's awkward. The security yeah, throw you out. The security or? don't let me in. To be honest, I don't even get there. So now, it's not as, you told the story. Just tell it again for the listeners, because we we liked it, and it's to do with music, which is enough, really, to get it on this podcast. I, well, we were talking about about Ed Miliband, Mm. and about at a certain point in time, amazingly, he was Labour leader. I remember. Um, I don't know why I said amazing, that's unnecessary editorial, isn't it? Um, He was was Labour leader. It was slightly extraordinary, because everyone expected David, of course, not your cat, uh, yeah, yeah. Ed to be uh, or David, David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, anyone really apart from Ed. It's always an interesting David. phenomenon the Miliband thing. I'm treading carefully here because we're entirely politically neutral. But I always felt that's quite an interesting phenomenon that Ed 
was was the leader. And so everyone said, yeah, of course they got the wrong one. It should be David. Mm. But standing back, I think... I don't think They're both not ideal. No, I think I think, um, and also you don't count, you don't factor in all the things that might have gone wrong under David. You know, the things, right. that, the mistakes he might have made. Yeah, and, so, and they were both in knows? their own way. Sli- felt to me slightly out of touch. You know, just slightly sort of um, bit nerdy. I mean, all the, you know, and so so I think there's quite an interesting thing in life where sometimes mm. you can say it's a bit like the humble brag thing, which I notice that friends might do about children. Which is instead of saying, I'm going to get to the story in a minute. Yeah, but instead of saying, instead of saying, <laughs> not as much as the um, listeners, I can tell you. Instead of saying, <laughs> what, you think there's still worse? <laughs> instead of saying, my kid is really good at maths, because people are a bit cleverer than that now, yeah. right? Mm. So they don't want to break. Mm. They'll sort of say, oh, this kid, oh, he's useless. He's rubbish. It's not like his brother who's, you know, he's rubbish at maths. Right. Like, by implication, the other one then, is brilliant. And they'll create so, a thing whereby that child who they've slagged off yeah. goes on to have a hollow feeling about themselves. I'm assuming, life, yeah. And either commits suicide mm. or ends up like David Bowie. Is exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, right. I see that's what you But let's at. return to the story. Yeah, so the story involves... I was invited to an Ed... Bil- uh, I'm going to say Dillaband, because <laughs> that's what I said, so I'm going to commit to it like a politician as if I yeah. made a mistake. Yeah. Ed Dillaband's fundraiser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a well, what a great band they were, the Ed, Dilla- <laughs> the Ed Dillaband. Um, um, I quite like saying that. It's a fundraiser for Ed Dillaband, and he... Uh, the various people there, and of course he ends up talking to everyone, because he thinks, are you going to give me money or not? Yeah. So, so he's, he's talking to me. And this is sort of, I don't know, four or five years ago. And he's trying to say, um, which I sort of agreed with, the world is in a terrible state now. Poverty's never been as great. You know, opportunities if for young... he knew. <laughs> if, yeah, exactly. <laughs> opportunities for young people. And he said, I'll, I'll give you an example. He said, I was talking the other day to, um, to the cousin of Heather Small That's from incredible. M People. Now, yeah, you did, did you immediately recognise um, who, who that was? Yeah, because he said... Because I think I said, oh, M people, as if I don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was talking to her cousin. Did he say, did Ed Miliband say, I'm one of them? Because his <laughs> name is Ed Miliband. I know, that's the, I know that's the worst joke I've ever made. Uh, it's not the worst. No, it's it's not, not by a long way, David. Uh, yeah, no, it's actually one of the better ones. Um, and he, so he said, I was talking to her cousin. I'm sort of thinking, is this, I don't know where this is leading. And it turns out it's leading precisely here, which is, he says... I was talking to her and she has just left university and she was telling me she thinks it's a very bleak future, she doesn't know what she's going to do. <laughs> and he said to me, as if the point needed making, yeah. if Heather Small's cousin <laughs> is feeling like that, imagine yeah. what it's like for everyone else. Uh, yeah. And I'm thinking lots of things, but I'm also thinking, trying to calculate my mind, I wonder where Heather Smalls, who's wrote some brilliant songs, yeah. you know, where she is in the pecking order of things, because mm. she doesn't strike me as someone who would have all her money in the Cayman Islands. You know, in other words, she's not she's a pretty, big well, figure yeah, pretty, yeah. financially. I mean, mm. I, you know, I don't. And so her cousin, who presumably yeah. wouldn't see any of that money anyway, I suppose she's got connections. Is connections. Maybe, maybe, maybe right. she could get a job yeah, in a but, music studio. Yeah, or something. The sentence yeah. is a strange yeah. one. I mean, it's a strange <laughs> name drop anyway. Heather Smalls' cousin. <laughs> I was talking to Heather Smalls' cousin. Yeah. But also, if Heather Smalls' cousin you know, has got, like, right. no real prospects ahead of her. Mm. What's it going to be like for everyone else? You want mm. to think, say, well, she is everyone else. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's yes, who yes. she is, everyone else. I, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you sort of say, well, what about her sister? Because that would be nearer, yeah. wouldn't it? Her yeah. sister. Yeah. 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 But, but what would it be like if you said, Heather Smalls feels the world? Yeah. That well, also well, wouldn't have that much of an impact. That wouldn't really work, because Heather Smalls, Presumably, still does get some revenue from one of you done today to make you feel proud. Probably from Miranda. She, from Miranda. From Miranda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And from you doing she, that just She's now. one of the yeah. people as well. Yeah. I had to write a gag for M People once. I was, it was Euro Did 96. You? No, not for them. All right. It was Euro 96, which you might remember, David. I remember Euro 96. And um, I was up at Old Trafford and there was a massive concert for the, for the football. And I was writing Nick Hancock's gags for mm. the TV show connected with it. And I was on they the think stage. It's all over. 
Was that what it's called? No. No, no, yeah. he was, because of Think They Think It's All Over, he was introducing this oh, live uh, right, comedy right. and yeah. music extravaganza for the opening of um, Euro 96. And I was on the stage in the wings watching all these amazing bands. And John Thompson from Cold Feet says to me, John, John, give me a, give me a, give me a line to introduce M people. I went, uh, uh, it's now, I've got to do it now. I went, oh, I went, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I listened to a band, they crossed their name between Boney M and Village People, ladies and gentlemen, Boney Village. Which is that's a, that's a good on, game. on the spot, that's on the brilliant. Spot, I thought it was pretty good. Spot, he, went out, he went out and did it, and they're all like, woo, 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 and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Boney Village. <laughs> oh, Tumbleweed, no. oh. 100,000 people, I'm not kidding you, no Old Trafford, no Old Trafford with all the sp- pitch occupied as well, just, what the fuck are you talking about, Boney <laughs> well, Village, yeah. well, called M people you yeah. idiot, <laughs> massive wow. M people fans about to cheer yeah, M people, yeah. Boney Village, <laughs> nothing, he comes nothing. on and goes, thanks a lot John, thanks a lot, that died on it. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure, having done that sort of bit myself, that stadium comedy no. really works anyway, No, you know, uh, and actually... One of the things I noticed about um, Bohemian Rhapsody, the film, mm. is there's a weird... Well, I think that's a strange film anyway, just to make a, one little point, which actually help, helps what I'm trying to say, I think, which is the end of Bohemian Rhapsody. Have you seen Bohemian yeah, Rhapsody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Okay, so the end of Bohemian Rhapsody I find very odd because it's quite a good biopic and it's a good yeah. performance from him. But the last 20 minutes is a shot-for-shot recreation of Live Aid, yeah. of three songs right. from Live Aid yeah. from Queen. And by that time, by 20 minutes in, I'm just thinking... A, I can watch this on YouTube, or mm. worse, I can watch a tribute band mm. doing their recreation of Live Aid, which is what this mm. is. But you're in a cinema yeah. with a sound, no, and you've had the narrative yeah. take you up to there. Anyway, anyway did you it, notice, yeah. you may have noticed this, is they're backstage in Bohemian Rhapsody, and you can just about hear two blokes playing Mel and Griff. Who introduced ah, is that Queen? Right? You could just oh, about hear oh. them doing their terrible intro. That's right, I wrote those which I remember. Well, I, <laughs> I remember their terrible intro, which in is I wouldn't be right for them then. Which yeah. is they're on stage at Live Aid and they go. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something like, oh, do you know who's coming on next? No, it's not. It's not, is it? Yes, her, your majesty. Wow. Well, it's the same gag, basically. Wow. It's the same, same gag I think it's I think it's a worse oh, gag. No, no I, like, I, don't, I think Boney, I think that's... Boney, by the way, there's another M People connection, is that a friend of mine was a session guitarist and, and was asked to play with them and they played a stadium. They Something like Coventry Football Club or Leicester, or maybe it was Leicester, so he played at the football stadium. And he, it was summer, I think, he needed to borrow some shorts. Right. So he borrowed my shorts. Yes. And so my shorts, and I've, I've, oh. I don't know if I've still got them, I was quite obsessed They're, about My shorts were on stage in front of, you know, 30,000. How many would you get? No, maybe not. Anyway, oh, 10,000, no, no, 15,000 no, no. people. Maybe on the pitch as well. On, right, on yeah. stage oh. with M people. Wow, it's quite being a thing. Seen that's by almost like speaking to Heather Small's cousin. That's, are you wearing, it's it's out there. He's wearing these shorts yeah. now, yeah. listeners. And if he feels grim about the future, <laughs> what does that tell you about the other youth of today? Although he's in his the late other 50s shorts. now. <laughs> How they might feel. Wow. So, so we're still not, we've managed not to mention David Bowie. I think very briefly uh, he turned up. But uh, we've managed more or less not to mention him. No, we haven't really mentioned him. Is there anything? about him that we haven't covered well uh, I think there is one thing which is yes. which is that I just going back to that documentary which is now two yes. weeks ago two weeks ago now um, finding fame two things about it one I felt a bit upset because I quite like to think that that early period I I, I really like those early recordings yes. and I like what, the images and all that stuff yeah I love yeah, images and Durant and I, I don't know maybe because it was like I was listening to them when I was 14, I started to like them much more really right. I tell you if you listen to Bo at the Beeb 
Um, the versions that he was doing in like 1969 of songs like Let Me Sleep Beside okay, You yeah. and In the Heat of the Morning are absolutely yeah, right. that, that's very true. Yeah. Right. yeah, the BBC tape, I can't remember what they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're tapes. What am I saying? Tapes or BBC? They are tapes. They are on Spotify. You have to buy tapes. They were once tapes. Yeah, you have to buy the TDK of them, what it was. They were really And I suppose at 14, 15, I suppose it was, I'd never heard anything quite like that because they were sort of these weird songs about children, songs about paedophiles, of course, in the case of. You know, there's a sort of you mention it. There's a sort of genre of yeah. weird sixties rock because Arnold Lane is really yeah. Like, yeah. sort of well, about a paedophile or about a bloke who steals right. knickers from Washington. Little like, Bombardier yeah. is the paedophile yeah. one. Is Little Bombardier right? Yeah, yeah about really? the, and, and um, can anyone name another one? What? What? Pedophile song? A pedophile song. A Not by Bowie. Now that's Not what I call from the same kind of era. From the same kind of era. I don't know if, uh, if no, you know. You may not know it. You may not know it. Is there a Who song that's a bit in this? Well, I think there is. Well, a, well, there, there is, is a Who song. Tommy. In oh, Tommy, there's Cousin Fiddleabout. There's Fiddleabout. Good point. God, uh, we might have done a whole album. Uh, <laughs> we are, we are uh, doing a great compilation okay, here. Aqualung. The kids are not right. It's Aqualung by Jethro Tull. Yes. Watching the pretty girls run. It's incredible. It's totally about, and kind of affectionate. Yeah. Do you think the male are going to like this in the culture wars thing? They're going to go. It's a good point. Which we like more, Terry Wogan or the pedophiles? I don't think we're approving of it. No, the Bowie versus pedophiles, wouldn't it? And it would be yeah. So let's all work out how much we hate Bowie. Yeah. But um, anyway, yes, there were. It was a strange. But then, then there were the unconscious. Well, I don't know about unconscious, but then there were the straightforward paedophile songs. Oh, well, oh well, like Sweet Little Sixteen. Well, yes. or just or legal. Hello, little school. Girl. Was it Hello, little school? Yes, girl? yes, yes. And there's like a, that, a big just... star to do a really weird song called Yes, Thirteen. Is it, September it? Girls or something like that. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. And then you got the Rolling Stones. Thirteen. Yeah, Rolling oh, Stones. Yeah. Stray Cat Blues. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. She was thirteen years old. I know what they think. No, well, I mean, but then there's a line on that same album. Get your eyes out. Okay, it's a great album actually, but. There's yeah, a, um, I listen weird. to Midnight Ramp. I listen to that. I'm a lot still actually. Mm, yeah. but, um, it was a different Midnight time. Ram- it was a different time. But he says I'm a hit and run rapist, and you go, oh, right. oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. blimey! So you're thir- oh, you've got obviously. a 13 year old girl on one song. Next yeah. song you're a hit and run no, rapist. No, yeah. And like- apparently, with with um, uh, Stray Cat Blues, uh, as they performed it live over the years, the, the age would go up. Oh really? And and I mean, obviously they don't perform it now at all. But um, but is what is it? Is what you're going to say? Is it their own song? Tim, but but. Yeah. I, I, one thing I noticed when I was watching that Finding Fame thing about those early songs is that I think a lot of them do get really brilliant to, to, towards the time he's finding his voice. But I said to my daughter, who, as you know, is a massive Bowie fan, mm. I said, it's weird, isn't it, how at one point he was virtually doing creepy children's songs. Yeah, yeah. Like The, the Laughing right. Gnome and mm. Bombardier, or whatever it's called. The Bombardier is, is, yeah, is... And a, a few others. Album. There's but a few others. There's one that you, they play, which are just like... Yeah. You know the way that children's songs can be yeah, a, bit a bit creepy? Yeah, mini poppy, yeah. 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 I'm sure you've told this on the... Uh, referred to this before on your podcast, but because I haven't listened to all of them. But do you remember when he said, uh, vote for the favourite Bowie song? Yes, yeah, people song wanted to vote for Laughing Gnome. It was an early Boating Book Boat face. It was, it was. The enemy said, vote for... Vote yes. for Laughing Gnome, yeah. and everyone started to vote for Laughing yeah. Gnome. Yeah. And yes. I think and it won, but he didn't do no, it. So. He refused no, no. to play it. Yeah. He, he, play, which was kind of weird because no, he could have done a version of it. He could have done a version of it. It's not a terrible song. Oh. I mean, part of the problem is Gus Dungeon. I think was dead by then. He was, of course, right, is, right. is the gnome. Yeah, he, I don't he, know if Gus he, was dead or not. But when actually, we're talking, you're talking about that was the Glass Spider tour. It was quite late. Yeah, was the Glass Spider tour. When, when did he do that thing of phone? I think it must have been later than that. Post But I think. Um, but no, but I think he could have done any one of those songs later, as he did with London Boys on the. They showed the clip of Glastonbury, and and you know lyrically they're really they created real world. So I fell in love with all this. So a bit of me thought, this is the bit of Bowie that 
people don't really know about, and I'm really annoyed that it's on telly because now people are going to see it. You, right. know, you know that thing about like, ownership. This is all, yeah, ownership, ownership, which of course is ridiculous. Yeah. Jonathan Ross talked about that when he was on the podcast. Ridiculous, but like, what, ownership. Tell me yeah. about what you're saying. Well, in the sense that you you have this, it's, it's a this it's, it's always this odd thing that I'm a big Beatles fan as well, yeah. as I'm sure you. Is that you have this personal connection with them, and you don't yes. really want to be reminded I that felt, everyone has. I felt in, well, yeah. actually, I'd go. I just in your defence, I think that mm. uh, when I've talked to David about Bowie, uh, mm. you know, after our football matches or whatever, I knew David was a proper Bowie fan, mm. and when he died. I was a bit pissed off how mm. everyone was a great Bowie fan. Right. And I wanted to go, you yes. weren't. You were yes. not no, like completely. me. You didn't always wear a David yeah. Bowie badge all yeah. through your teens and right, at university. Right. No, that's I true. always no, had no, a Bowie no, badge. That is, that is and a, I called my dog David Bowie. That, that is yes. a, that, and uh, what we were saying in the last yeah. podcast about people going on about him being this yeah. great gender-bending costumed yeah, artist. Yeah. He's like, well, no, you're not getting, getting it because yeah. that's what everyone says. Yeah. So when he, I mean, but, I live, a, I live a, a mile from Brixton and everyone went down there that night and sang Starman and I didn't want to go. I thought, no, they're hijacking this. And I walked to where he was born, which is about the half mm, yes. of my house mm. to Stansfield Road. Too. Did you? Yeah. I just walked down there, there were no flowers there or anything. Mm, I just yeah. thought, okay, this is where he's born. I've done mm. my little personal private thing. Mm. But I was, but it's probably not a very uh, laudable feeling that I had. No, no. But I, I felt that David Bowie belonged to me yeah, and people like you too. Okay. And not to the 15 year old singing Starman outside yeah. the no, well, it's, it's But that's fine, they're entitled to do that. No, but but yeah, you they, said earlier on, I mean, it's not laudable yeah. in the sense that it's immature. But you said earlier on that when you were a teenager, you decided to build your identity mm. around Bowie, and that's why you feel defensive I didn't, about not it. Not physically. No, no. <laughs> my, but, my love but you, of no, you thought was, I'm, yeah, that's I am a Bowie, fan. a Bowie fan, just yeah. like you might think about a few other things at yeah. the time. I'm a Chelsea fan, or whatever it yeah. might be. But it becomes very integral to you. Yes. And then when you see lots of people co-opting it, you feel your identity slightly yes. dissolved. But I mean, I was, Jonathan you know, I was, Ross, who is a massive Bowie fan said he wouldn't go and I sort of understood it really even though I liked it to the Bowie exhibition at the v and right. because he just thought I, I that's, I that's a kind I know, of I establishment I saw, ownership I never saw Spam a lot because I was such well, a Python right, fan yeah, and I well, thought I don't want other people well, doing that sketch also kind of fair enough right, I mean, right. well I should have seen it by now but yeah, I, think, I, know, I, think, I, don't, I don't agree with Jonathan on the because I, th- I felt that but, he, bit, but also there was something it wasn't just about Universal cult yeah. with Bowie. It was also like here's the establishment, the yeah, DNA. No, no, well, no, I see right. you know, taking hold of David right, Bowie. Right. I think I didn't like that. Yeah. But I mean, whereas I thought, God, you see so little of what he was, and how, I can't wait to go and see it because because it's you know because it may, may see things I've I've never seen before. But but no, I felt so I felt watching it. I thought, well, this is uh, you know I, I feel like I've got some sense of ownership yes, over those ownership early, I do as well. Rec- you know, recordings, and, I, and and I don't want it to be on BBC but Two. Then I, but um, then I also feel slightly vindicated that uh, right. that the guy yes. I picked to yes. be the music okay. I love the most yeah. is now widely held to be yes. one of the most important artists because I was the only one in my class yes. at school who really loved everybody. Yes. Were, people were into punk and people were yeah, into yeah. heavy metal and no John's a Bowie fan and yes. that was me mm. um, no, and good. now everyone go oh I was massively into David Bowie and I yes. want to go mm. were you yeah yeah but there's an artist so the one the other specific thing I felt watching it is they talk about Anthony Newley all the time mm-hmm. there's an artist that I think is so close to Bowie at that period who also recorded a song I got slightly obsessed with when I was a kid. Do you remember Junior Choice on Radio mm-hmm. 1? Yes, right? Which, pot Right, and there would be this genre... Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that was Bowie. <laughs> wasn't, there a, wasn't there a voice going, Hello, darling? Do you remember well, that? There was a girl... Do you remember... Does that mean anything to you? No. Okay, there was... The- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Would, they would, it would be a funny sort of sting they'd play in. Right. Which is a girl... Well, hang on, you're thinking that Bowie was influenced no, by no, that. No, no, sorry, no, no. I'm just saying that was junior, that <laughs> okay. was junior choice. But they used to play that whole genre of kids' songs. They did. Yes. And there's a song that I got obsessed with that I okay. think this artist is very, very Bowie okay, at that it. time. Once upon a time there was a little white bow Very sad because he was a little white bow Tommy Steele? Yeah. So, is it? so Bowie yeah. is impersonating Tommy Steele? Yeah, I think more than Anthony Newley. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, a, that's an interesting theory. I would have preferred it if you had played Stick It In Your Family album. Because I've always, yes, yeah. I've always liked the fact that yeah. he has to say album to make that work. <laughs> it's always bottoms with you, Mr. Davis. <laughs> Stick it in your family, album. Uh, can, yeah. can you play yeah, yeah, that? Because no, I've, always, you... I've always liked that song. Well, is that called Flashbang Wallet? Flashbang Wallet, what a picture is. Well, it's not called Stick it in your family, album. It's called Flashbang Wallet, what a picture. What a picture, what a picture, run to the album, stick it in your family, album. There we go. Thank okay. you very much, Tommy. Is that, yeah. um, is that Lionel Bart wrote that? I think so. I don't know if you heard the Lionel Bart biography on Radio 4, but they, there's a great story about when he wrote, Lionel Bart wrote Consider Yourself. He was yeah. sitting at home, where he lived in West London, and he wrote Consider Yourself in, like, in a day. He was so pleased with it. He was on his own. He went next door where Francis, the artist, uh, Francis Bacon lived. Right. And he just sang it to him. Francis really? Bacon opened the door. Really? Went, wow. I've written this song. He no. goes, consider yourself at home. Oh, Francis Bacon went, Francis well, it sounds really good, Lionel. <laughs> it's like, I think it was Francis Bacon. It was someone like that. I, I hope then, it was well, Francis it, Bacon. Yeah. But it was he, like, Because in, in the background, <laughs> I've got one of those terrifying Pope images. <laughs> pope <laughs> like, images, oh, yeah, 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 Francis Bacon yeah. pictured a like, yeah. terrible image of like, just, the I just, Pope. I just or, like the idea of this poor Francis Bacon hearing this song and not knowing how to respond to it. I was really excited to this. If you listen, I know you know this, but if you then listen to... Just look through your window Look who sits outside Little me is waiting Standing through the night Yeah, you're right. I and mean, then there at is, the end, is... and you know the ending? Well, I might stretch it till Wednesday. All that... <laughs> <laughs> there was, I tell you what there was was a oh, terrible thing in early Bowie much as I've come through and like that music which is the worst kind of fey yeah. sense of humour there's a touches of that yeah. it's all kooks and sort of uh, yeah, yeah. Your heart and yes. yeah although I don't I yeah. might it by then because the songs are so brilliant yeah, yeah. I think uh, although Fill Your Heart obviously is a cover uh, but there is, but, but, yeah but there's again in that documentary someone I can't remember who it is it's like um, it's Earl Slick the guitarist Carlos Alomar says of the laughing gnome 
that it's like um, yeah, uh, Wait for Your Man. Like, which, you know what? what? It, it isn't. It definitely isn't. There's a it's bit that I saw a few people think was great, yeah. where Carl's yeah, Alamar, who is one of Bowie's guitarists, uh, plays Waiting for the Man. Uh, right. Waiting for My Man? No, Waiting for the Man. By, yeah. Waiting for the Man, yeah. By Velvet Underground. <laughs> I, I'm Waiting for yeah, My yeah, Man. And, uh, right? and then he says, and if you listen or if you play the chords of Laughing Gnome, it's exactly the same. Well, A isn't. It's really not. A isn't. There's an extra chord. And B... Waiting for the Man is C and F. Okay. So there's about a million songs yeah, yeah, yeah. that are like yeah. Waiting for no, the Man. It's the problem with that. But there's a bit with, I think, with Earl Slick, um, who basically says, one of the things about David was he was really funny. Yeah. And there, you get this, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Mm. People say, oh, yeah, he was all those things. But, I mean, above all else, he was just funny. And you sort of think, well, apart from the fact he wasn't, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that's a valid point. Yes. <laughs> and, and, they, 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 and they get the other, sort of, in this interview, they talk about um, London Boys, where he yeah. does this very Tommy Steele. Yeah, yeah, nah, you're one of the And Elsick goes, you know, the great thing about that, that's just Bowie bringing his voice and his London experience, you know, in his you know And you're thinking, yeah, but that's not his voice know, at all. One of the things I'm doing this podcast is I was watching that uh, documentary, and there were lots and lots of strange little bits of it that have come up on this podcast. So one of the things about this podcast is that well, Rob, but his brother was was at a sort of student job right. or early job serving at this banquet. He served Bowie, and he, he it involves saying the words coffee, roll of butter, something like that. I'll find it. Yeah. And uh, and and he said it as if like Bowie will get this. And Bowie did, did he get a reference? Did, no, because no, he just thought he was serving him those <laughs> things. You bought, bought some coffee, butter, and bread. You can't make a thing because the meters dead. Yeah, but he didn't so say all that. I think he just no. said coffee, butter, and bread. Or well, something. that's not enough, is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but, right, so while I'm watching that, yes. That All this is. stuff is coming yeah. up, and I'm having to say to Dolly, oh, we talk about that on the podcast, yeah. and she, she's not very interested. Well, the early stuff, I mean, it just isn't cool, is it? I mean, the images stuff was like this embarrassing thing. Yes. And you'd go, you'd flick through the the rack at the record right. shop knowing that you had all the Bowie albums and you still yes. think oh there's a new Bowie album oh it's Peter and the Wolf do you remember yes. that experience yeah, yeah. No, of course. <laughs> oh it's the only that one I haven't got a bit, yeah. but and I do the think images was always there as a slight embarrassment do go and watch that documentary yeah, well, yeah. it's on iPlay gonna... and one thing that happens is of course Rick Wakeman ah. turns up on it and you know I like Rick Wakeman in fact we have talked about possibly getting him on this podcast so I might ruin that now yeah, but I don't think I will be because it's not a terrible thing to say about him which is he starts playing a Mellotron which is yeah. something that they used a lot Newton, in those days yeah. it was used on Space Oddity or whatever uh, and a Mellotron though is quite small right. it's like not much bigger than this laptop in front of me so it's a keyboard with quite small keys right. Rick Wakeman's fingers are so much like sausages. In, in, now in, now in, or in, then? No, then. I mean, right. I don't know, now. I mean, like, yeah. like, I think it was definitely... They're like sausages anyway, yeah. but if you see them with small piano keys, mm. they really look like mm. Cumberland. I, I, saw, I mean, as someone I saw who posted him. a lot of pictures of British... English right. British fry up. How long have you lived in America? <laughs> British fry. Don't call them British fry. Sorry, English, sorry. English breakfast. English breakfast. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually looked at those. The Great thought, British brunch. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a fried egg and some beans next to those fingers, that would I'd be, be salivating. I saw Rick Waitman play Life on Mars in December. Wow. In the London Library. Oh, he's, uh, he's, uh, okay. Oh, London Library. Yeah, he did. It was the Christmas London Library. Now Tim Rice is the uh, wow. president of the London Library, right. where I'm a member and a sort of mm. supporter. And um, he got Rick Wayman to come and entertain the, mm. <laughs> the old duffers and the old writers mm. like us. And uh, first of all, he came on and he talked about uh, Morning Has Broken. And he said, Cat Stevens rang me up and he said, I want to do Morning Has Broken. So we got the, we ripped the page out of the Boys Brigade hymn book. Mm. And uh, I played it and it was like 50 seconds long. And he said, well, do a bit of twiddly bit at the beginning. So, <laughs> so Rick Wayman did that whole thing, uh, did the whole thing at the beginning of Morning Broken. And they timed it. It was like 1.30 or something. We'll do it at the end again. So it was like... <laughs> did it? It's like well, we can do it in the middle as well. <laughs> and then he just sat down and played "Morning Is Broken," and we were all transported yeah, yeah, back yeah. to our 1970s school assemblies. Amazing. And wow. Mrs. Johnson's piano 
thing. So Cat Stevens' know. version of Murder Broke is basically just more of broken one with, version with Rick Wayman with doing all the improv, a lot yeah. of padding, mm. not just on Absolutely. his sausagey fingers. No, yeah, padding. yeah, and then and then um, uh, Rick, Rick Wakeman came up with that sort of whole riff that he does in that in that song. But he said the same about Life on Mars. He said that David just said, "Do what you want to do." Uh, with your piano player and he said he was a very uh, giving and generous uh, mm, collaborator yeah, and he would yeah. let people yeah. he would let what, so I've yeah. just ruined the two best Rick Wayman stories if you do have him on I've just told them no, both no, so yeah, Rick will have some other stories yeah, almost yeah. definitely once we've got yeah. past the Cumberland sausage thing yeah. Yeah. I think you'll yeah. be alright with the sausage fingers because they're very, still very good at playing the piano I think sausage it's worse that you've not. specified the actual type of sausage I think that's <laughs> what would do it yeah. it's like the only type of sausage I can think of well, that actually would be called the Cumberland are curls, what? unless you're saying he's got weird yes, curled curled. fingers. Right. You, you mean, but what other type of sausages are there? Because now uh, I'm reduced to saying Lincolnshire, they look Lincolnshire. like 98% meat. I'm really sorry, we got your. It's not Cumberland, it's Lincolnshire, <laughs> yeah. Rick. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> go and have a look at it, though, really. They look unbelievably like school sausages. Assembly. You're saying school assembly. I don't know if I've yeah. said this before. My headmaster, Mr. Clark, who we nicknamed Clactopus. Clactopus? Yes. Just out of interest. As in Clark and Octopus. Uh, oh, it was an actual Bill character. Platypus. I think it, that would have been the reference, but right. he didn't look like... He, he didn't look like... He didn't have a duck's bill and lay eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did, but that's so actually yeah. was quite appropriate. No, no, I think weirdly, he was a mammal. <laughs> but also, oh, that's, sorry, that's why I called him that. I knew there was something. <laughs> but um, he actually reminds me of... Um, when I think about him, I think about the teacher in the wall in the Gerald Scarf... Um, right. Oh, right. The Pink Floyd thing. Yeah, Tall, another brick in the wall. thin... Quite Victorian, actually. Right. He used to tell us how to handwrite. It was really oh, quite. Yeah, we it wasn't. Those, yeah, yeah not, I just remember him playing some classical music to us. Just right. you know, we're sort yeah. of listening and having to listen. Clactopus is classical. Clactopus is doing his classical. <laughs> type, type five. Clactopus is classical. <laughs> <laughs> and he's playing. I'm going to say Beethoven because I don't know what it was. And then he holds the album up, the sort of vinyl, right. yeah. and sort of says, "So everyone, who is this?" And it's a you know. And nobody, know, I mean, nobody knows. I went to a, a classical low, composer. Yeah, it's. I must, let's say it's Beethoven. Beethoven. It's like a picture, picture of Beethoven. Yeah. Yeah. So he's holding it up and says, "Who is this?" And I put my hand up and I said, "Mick Jagger." <laughs> it felt like is that as a joke? <laughs> yes, yeah. as a joke, and it felt like incredibly sort laughs. of subversive, and it got a massive laugh. Oh, fantastic! And then I got into a lot of trouble, oh, no. and I think I got a detention. You know, I certainly went to his office, and it was all, you know. And I suppose I think about that. That's so quaint, isn't it? That Mick yeah. Jagger would be a subversive thing yeah, to say. Yeah, it would be like 1977. Yeah, it wasn't even peak Mick Jagger. Yeah, yeah, it would be yeah. like 1978 yeah. or something. And it took you this long to become, uh, you perform, saying, to become a comedy performer again. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess it's when I found I could make people laugh that <laughs> yeah. I decided not, to, to, not to, to become a comedian at all. Well, I wanted um, to say something about that. Well, it does remind me of a story, which is that Norris McWhorter came to us. Oh, yeah. Do you know the story? You know the story, right? You don't know it. I don't know. Norris McWhorter. Is he the IRA no, Ross, that well, was Ross. That was, oh, that was Ross. his brother Ross, yeah. but uh, right, for right. listeners of a certain age, yes, uh, we'll know him from Record Breakers, it, which was it. a show that Roy Castle used to do, yeah. uh, which was about the Guinness Book of Records. And yeah. that's how most people knew him. Most people <laughs> didn't know that Norris McWhorter and Ross McWhorter were part of this very right wing organization called the Freedom Association. No, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So he turns up at our school uh, to do a talk. We occasionally had people come and do talks. I actually and didn't know you who they both it, were, actually. I knew Ross was, so I didn't know yeah, who both yeah, were. So. And you thought it was going to be yeah. about... Well, everyone thought it was yeah. a boys' school in 1976. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks, right. brilliant, the bloke from Record Breakers is here. <laughs> right? tap dance so really it's packed with people expecting it's all going to be Guinness Book of Records, whatever. Yeah. You know, here's the biggest fish in the world, or whatever. Um, and <laughs> whale we, shark, we, we all like that. We all, boys, especially in the seventies, boys really like the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was a real thing. So he comes. He does twenty-four inc- taps per second. Yeah, That's yeah. Right, yeah. The he, tap do, he does yeah. an incredibly serious, very right-wing speech wow. about 
creeping unionisation about reds under the bed about how apartheid was a good thing (laughs) I mean unbelievably boring and very right wing speech no mention of records at all and then here's the main here's the point of the story towards the end of it I thought he's going to ask for questions isn't he at the end of this and I got slightly worried I genuinely got worried I thought people didn't put their hand up and say what's the biggest fish are they that's what they're going to say what's the biggest fish or whatever that's going to be really embarrassing and weirdly as an urban myth, I have seen it reported that that is what happens. Oh, right? I've seen story. people say that's right. what happened, right? <laughs> it, a, mo- yeah. like a woman called Marina Hyde, a very good journalist, has yeah, reported yeah. that that's what happened, right? That isn't what happened. At your school. At my school, thing, yeah. or not my, she doesn't call it my school, she doesn't right, know. Right, but that, that, is, that is not what happened, right? He did call for questions, and a boy put his hand up and said, what will houses look like in the year 2000? <laughs> right. <laughs> and but I Dan- absolutely loved about it was, it's nothing to do with what he's talking about. Right. Nothing to do with record, record breakers. breakers yeah. And he answers it. He answers what did it. What he say? He says, I think by then we'll all be living in some kind of yurt. <laughs> really? Yeah. But maybe he went around and did those <laughs> talks is. at lots of different schools. And uh, if you're not in that story that Marina Hyde reported on, maybe at some school somebody did go, That's what true. is the yeah, biggest that's fish? That's possibly yeah, true. Yeah. Which is that's that's possibly yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that's possibly true. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, uh, the thing I was going to say was to get wow. back to rock music is mm. something that's often bothered me is in Another Brick in the Wall, which I remember very, oh, yeah. very well when it came out. Yeah. I was a big Pink Floyd fan as well. Um, they've got... Is it a Scottish guy? Yeah. Sort of playing the school teacher. Wrong, do it again. Oh. That guy. Yeah, now well, you've, my you've just answered it. Oh. You've just fucking answered it. My. Which is all my life, I have not known what he says before, do it again. Ron, I think it's wrong. wrong it? yeah. Do it again. It's not wrong. Yeah. Do it again. He's not speaking to a child called well, I've Ron. I've always heard wrong. Would you want to play it? The other thing, I will. And the other thing that he says, which he gets really wound up about, is how can you have your meat when you haven't? Yes. Uh, sorry, how can you have your pudding when you haven't had your meat? Yeah. And he gets really upset about sorry, that. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say when I when I was growing when I was like uh, whenever that came out, I was probably seventeen. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, eighteen. I lived in this house, and my my room was on the top floor, and my mum would have to come out of the front of the into the garden and shout up, John, if there's All a right. phone for me. or the, Every time that record played, <laughs> yeah, I'd hear, yeah. and I'd go to the window to see who'd come, which my friends That's had come brilliant. around or who was phoned, but it was That's always brilliant. the Scottish guy on but it. is it wrong? Do it again? I've never I think so, that. but let's have a... Because it sounds so weird. Is it at the, it's at the very beginning, isn't it? Is that right? I, I can't remember. So. Well, let's try it. Let's, let's try, try it. I think it's at the, the very beginning. It, by the way, I, I mean, I like this song sort of. Although I sort of went off the big floor down at the wall, uh, but yeah, it's, that's, isn't that's it the most it. bloody immature and it's wrong. sort of six form rebellious? Yeah. Absolutely yeah, yeah. wrong. We do yeah. need education. Yeah. It's we really do need annoying. education. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no dark sarcasm in the classroom. Well, don't, no. We don't need bad education, is what they're saying. We don't need yeah, bad but, sarcastic teachers. I know, but the lyrics. I, I went are to see so Lily Allen with my daughter in uh, the Hammersmith Odeon when she was like, t- when my daughter was like ten, and uh, she was going, "This is for all the people who put you down, policemen and teachers," and I heckled. Lily Allen I was oh, going, teachers are great because <laughs> yeah, I was chair of governors at a local school I was going, it's like, don't slag off teachers but she'd yeah. been to like a dozen different schools well, and, yeah, and to be fair to the young people John yes. I think we have to allow them their rebelliousness yeah, and, oh, and that okay. might include okay. I think you seeing could have, teachers as something they need to rebel against you could have said the but vast the thing majority the vast majority the point is Lily Allen I mean she's a bit older but she's like in her 20s or whatever it's kind of allowable. Pink Floyd, by the time they released right, this, right, right. they were like in yes. their mid thirties. Yes, yeah. I know, and so it's, it is it is an immature posture. It's an immature thing, but nonetheless, yeah. what does the Scottish? We are basically say? the male to Pink Floyd's, aren't we? We're basically yeah. saying yeah. It's yeah. immature, yeah. unacceptable. No, we're, we're taking a left wing position. Yeah. We're in favour right. of state school. By the teachers. way, are they boys or girls? Look at their hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think at the beginning is the thing you okay, struggle let's with. Let's see, if we can hear it. But let's I wonder who the actor was as well.
right. I am right, actually. You think it's not wrong? I think it's just a sort of exclamation. Oh, no. just, oh, oh, it's John, your friend's here. Wait, I don't think it's wrong. That's wrong. Wrong, do it again. That makes oh, perfect sense. That makes sense. sense, I think you might have imposed that. Sub- I don't really? know. Man. Bella, what do you think, Bella? I think it's wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah. do it again. Oh, maybe, okay, I, had, I was going out with a girl at the time back in Berkshire whose dad said, used to sing, We don't need no education. You can tell it from our accents. <laughs> oh, he thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, no. I remember thinking at the time, well, that's yeah. pretty snobby. But, yeah. <laughs> can I say, is there a suspicion that you feel a bit of empathy towards the headmaster here? When he, no, in this bit, which is, you you can't have your pudding if you. How can you have your pudding if you don't? You mean? Then he genuinely seems to have a struggle with it and says it again, if I remember rightly. That he's really it's impassioned. Well, you can't have your pudding if you. So have in your other meat. words, he can't. He's not doing it maliciously. He genuinely well, doesn't well, understand. Also, also, there is a good there's a point you've raised there as well, which is the whole song is saying these people are totally unfair. They're awful yes. people. They make our lives a misery. Yes. All he's saying is. I think it would be healthier for you yes. not but, to just yeah. eat pudding. Yeah, listen, I mean, it's certainly better to have a balanced diet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair what enough. he's shouting. Have a balanced diet. <laughs> listen, I think he genuinely gets upset. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. How can you have it? It's any? the second one. He's, <laughs> I think that's pain. <laughs> the I think actor's that's... been told to really think about it. Listen him. to the second one. I think that's pain. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think he's genuinely. I don't is. think he means to be harmful. He's yeah. like, how does that happen? Yeah. That's as political yeah. as they get, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah. That is well, their, that's their protest song. You can't. You don't he's always saying, help me. If you can explain, I'll let you do it. I just don't get how that can happen. I think he's open. And there was something else I wanted to say, which is uh, just a bit of trivia, which you probably know the answer to, uh, which is who is the also Scottish voice on Dark Side of the Moon, the engineer? Who um, oh. who says? I think it's before the great great gig in the sky. Mm. He says, "Well, my friend died. Any time will do." So you know? I thought these were people that they literally outside the studio milling around. No, it's an engineer, talking, but yeah. there's something about him. Um, Gus he's Dungeon. Gordon Brown. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I mean, no, is I it both you know, no, it's not. Okay, no, I mean, literally, no, it's no. Naomi Watts's dad. Okay, we were so good against the small cousin. <laughs> yeah. If Naomi Watts' dad is having to imagine I was talking to Naomi Watts' dad. He's dad. on the album, actually. If, if he has to be an engineer, imagine what other people have to go through. <laughs> yeah. oh See you next week. Thank you very much, John. Thank, Thank you for having me on. Yeah, we've had a lovely time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.